We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I am your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. I just want to take a minute and remind you to check out ConradChallenge.org and look at the kinds of things you can do to support students. The Conrad Challenge is really about facilitating 21st century skills of creativity, collaboration, critical thinking, communication. So go and check that out at conradchallenge.org. And if you missed my interview with Nancy Conrad, go check that out as well at transformativeprinciple.org slash Nancy Conrad. Hey, y'all, this is Gretchen from Always a Lessons Empowering Educators podcast. I'm a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts, but make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am Jethro Jones. I'm excited to have you here with me for episode 264 with Jennifer Hogan, who's the assistant principal at Hoover High School in Hoover, Alabama. Jennifer, welcome and thank you so much for coming on the Transformative Principle podcast. Oh, thank you, Jethro. It's an honor. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, I'm excited to talk with you. I have been a fan of yours for quite some time and uh, thankful for the work that you do for educators all over. And also very excited that you and Allison Aspie recently started a uh, Women in Ed Leadership podcast. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure, we did. I started a Women in Ed Leadership Boxer group a few years ago, and it has really been a a really cool space for women to um, encourage each other and support each other, uh, get to know each other, reach out to each other, and so through this, Alice and I decided that we wanted to start a podcast for women in ed leadership. And so um, we're, we're going to do a monthly podcast. We've already pushed out our first episode. It'll come out on the first Sunday of each month. And so the first one came out there on the first Sunday of December. And you and Alice Napsey have 
called this Rising Tide Radio. And can you talk about why you chose that name? Yeah, um, one of my favorite quotes is the quote that a rising tide lifts all ships. And so we want to be that for other women who are in leadership positions. You know, we say in our podcast in that opening episode that it's it really is targeted for women in leadership, but we think that a lot of men can learn from it too and, and really be able to support the women that they work with or maybe that they live with. Well, and also I think what I'm hoping to get from it, because I will be a faithful listener of it, I am already. I should say, even though for right now, the first episode was just released, it's already subscribed, I'm ready to go. But I want to empower and support the women who have leadership qualities who don't see that in themselves yet. And that's a thing where I see a lot of women who, you know, are powerful, strong, determined women in education, who think for some reason that they don't have the skills to be a leader. And I want to empower and push and help them to become leaders among their peers, because I think that's really important. Oh, that's really good, Jethro. And, and I have two daughters. And so I wish that same thing for them, you know, and, and I think you're right, where um, sometimes women don't see those skills in themselves. And we want to be a voice that supports women in that journey. Yeah, you know, I was, I was talking to one of my teachers the other day, and she she just could not see how she was a leader, but she is a silent, strong leader in our school every single day. And she's like, I'm not really doing anything special. I'm just coming in and doing my job every day. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's right. And that's great. But you also set the tone. You set the example. People follow what you say. And she just could not wrap her head around that. And I was like, come on, you've got to recognize how powerful you are in leading other people. And thankfully, she's not using it for evil. She's using it for good and being really humble about it. But I just want to help people like her feel the confidence in in taking leadership roles and being able to do well with them because they certainly can. So thank you for doing this uh, podcast for Women in Educational Leadership. I think it's really great. And if you haven't gone there yet, then make sure that you do. And it's it's definitely a good one. It's called Rising Tide Radio and subscribe to it. That's the only one you can listen to besides my podcast. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, All right. So in talking about what we were going to talk about for this podcast, you had mentioned that you did a professional development with your staff where you were truly the guide on the side. And people who have listened to my podcast know that I am very much in favor of education that gets people out of the sage on the stage mentality and into a different setup. So can you talk a little bit about that PD that you went through with your staff? I sure can, Jethro. This has been the coolest experience this semester that I think really is one of the top experiences that I've had throughout my my leadership career. And, you know, I've I've heard about um, leaders who have done this PD with their teachers and, and we always give teachers choice and we try to make it something that's not sit and get. We, we try to make it interactive. And I've heard so much about leaders wanting to be, you know, like we want teachers to be the guide on the side. And, um, and I never really could quite figure out what that would look like. Um, we're a staff of about 220 teachers. The PD at our school is optional. And so um, one of our school goals this year, we're a one-to-one school, one of our school goals is to take the learning outside the classroom walls, okay? And that was kind of the overall goal. 
um, what that would look like in each teacher's classroom was going to be different. Okay. And so um, the teachers who chose this as one of their goals, they've attended three different professional learning sessions with me. And the first session that we had really wasn't even about the technology. It wasn't even about what that would exactly look like in their classroom. It was kind of the first stage of design thinking. And it was, it was about gathering courage and thinking differently about the way they had thought about their classroom in the past and being willing to take those risks because we knew that the teachers were going to get out of their comfort zones. They were going to ask their kids to get out of their comfort zones. They were going to do things that they had never done before. They were going to have to learn new technology they might not have used before. And every teacher was going to do what was um, appropriate, I guess you could say, for their classroom. And so we asked them lots of why questions. Why did you choose this goal? Why do you want to do this for your kids? Because we know that if they're grounded in their why behind this goal, it's going to help them get through those uncomfortable moments when they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with their classes. And so the first session was really just about thinking outside the box. And so we gave them a few kind of jumpstart ideas. If you, if your class could, for example, if your class could tweet with an expert in your content area, who would that be? And so they, at their tables, they were talking about their content area and giving ideas to each other. And then we said, if your class was going to do a Google Hangout with an expert, who would that be? What would that look like? So we gave them some ideas. And then at the second, we told them for the second meeting, just brainstorm as many ideas as you can brainstorm. And so when they came back at their second meeting, that's when they shared with each other the ideas that they had come up with. They had come up with about five or six each. We followed a protocol. And at each table, they had a few minutes to share with the table their ideas. And so then the table had a few minutes to give feedback. And they could ask questions like, have you thought about? What if? So that was really cool, too, to hear those conversations. I did nothing except for walk around and listen and ask questions. And, and it was the coolest thing to hear these teachers talking about these ideas and saying things like, I don't know if it's going to work or not, or, you know, I hope that I can figure out how to do blank. And throughout this whole process, our, our awesome tech coach, he's been working with me too. His name's Keith Fulmer. And along the way, we would just say, you know, don't worry about the technology. Keith and I will be there to help you do it. So we wanted to provide, you know, um, reassurance that whatever it is that they came up with, we were going to figure out the technology to support their ideas. It wasn't, let's see what technology we have and then see how we can use in the classroom. But what is it you want to do? And then what technology do you need? And so then we had a template, which was like an action plan, because we know that they needed to get real concrete. They needed to set up a timeline, figure out what they were going to do with their kids. And so for our last meeting this semester, they brought that timeline. Um, we pasted them around the room and we did gallery walks. And so each teacher took sticky notes and left comments on each other's plans about what they were going to do in their classrooms. For instance, our earth, earth science teacher, um, he had plans to Skype with a geology professor. Our fashion teacher, she decided she wanted her kids to blog about what they were doing in class, um, maybe do some sewing tutorials, maybe do some interviews or some reports on the latest fashion. And she didn't know what that, how to do that. And she had never blogged herself. So she started a blog. It's the coolest thing. Uh, so she started a blog and now she's going to have her kids blog and take videos of themselves. 
Um, we've got several world language teachers who are going to use grid pals and they're going to connect their classes to another classroom. Like one of our Spanish classes is going to connect with a classroom in Arkansas. That's really cool. Um, we've got our ELL teachers who are going to have their kids to create a newsletter. And in that newsletter, there's going to be some sections that are about maybe some of the countries that our kids are from, some of their traditions, what they wish their teacher knew about them, a little section about that, and a way to contribute and then share that out with the faculty. So just some really, really cool ideas. And it's just been the neatest thing to just facilitate the conversations that are happening between our teachers and then have teachers who are in different disciplines to support each other and, and share ideas and say, well, what about this? And what about that? And, you know, our classes could do this. We've got a, um, an econ teacher who is going to connect with our entrepreneurship teacher, just some really, really neat things. Um, and it's just been the first time that I have seen that where teachers have just truly taken ownership of what they needed to learn, how they were going to do it, exactly how it would apply to their content areas. And I was just there to say, tell me what you need. How can Keith and I support you? You know, let us make this happen for you. So it's been a really cool experience. So I, I love that that whole process you went through. It's so powerful. And you and I both have seen so many times how turning over ownership to someone else is actually very empowering for them. It creates things that we couldn't have seen otherwise. And and that's what I love about it. And I've got a uh, video on my blog that I'll, that I'll put in here and I'll send to you afterward about some some kids who at my school created this thing where they they got the elementary school next door they brought those kids over and they taught them cheer and volleyball and soccer and got all these little girls excited about it a group of girls teaching other little girls really powerful stuff and amazing and just inspiring and it was so cool to see them do that and to know if i had said you guys need to create this thing for a grade in the class they would have done a horrible job. I'm mm -hmm. sure of it. <laughs> but when I got out of their way and said, okay, you guys just figure this out, then and their teachers did that too, then they were able to be really successful. And it was an amazing experience, much like with your teachers. Now, principals typically don't do those kinds of things. Why do you think it's so difficult for principals to do PD in that way where they let the teachers just run with an idea? What do you think is holding us back? You know, that's kind of hard to say. Um, I think it's that sometimes we think that teachers need to learn about blank and then we deliver that content so that they walk away having learned whatever is in that blank, right? Instead of saying, like we want to do with students, you need to learn about questioning techniques or you need to learn about, you know, whatever it is. And then saying, how do we want to go about that? You know, or um, I just think sometimes because of time and ease, maybe that it's easier to say, this is what our teachers need to learn. I'll prepare a content delivery method. They'll come. It'll be good. It'll be interactive and they'll have good discussion. And then they'll walk away having received what it is we want to give them, you know, instead of saying, how do we figure this out? How do we, how do we help you learn what you need to learn about blank? Well, and what's also interesting that you were kind of hinting at there is that we create these learning objectives for our teachers to experience. And we say things like teachers will be able to know how to connect with 
something outside their classroom walls or however you said that you said it better than I did, but our teachers will be able to take the learning outside their classroom walls yes. that took notes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what our objective is. And then we go in thinking that we need to tell them how to do that so we can assess and see that they know how to do that. And use a totally different approach, even so much as not even talking about the technology to be able to do it yet, but talking about the ideas. And I'm sure there were some ideas that did not involve a lot of technology and, you know, people could connect with experts by having a guest speaker come into their class or going on a field trip. And those are not technologically advanced things, but you started with the ideas first and then you figured out the technology. And that is a really powerful way to do it. Can you talk a little bit more about that process? And, and if you need to put any roadblocks up and say, oh, well, actually we can't do X, Y, or Z because of whatever, any challenges or struggles with that? Yeah, I think um, what was kind of freeing is that we told them just to think of as many ideas as they could think of. You know, as as you're going through your day and you see something or hear something or see something on the news or, you know, you're, you're getting ready to teach a certain lesson or you hear a teacher in the faculty lounge talking about an idea and something hits you write that down, you know, just brainstorm as many ideas as you can, because we didn't want them to feel limited. You know, we're a one-to-one school, all of our kids have Chromebooks, but if you look at the um, SAMR model, we're still kind of at the substitution phase, and we needed to um, have something to move us and have our teachers willing to take these risks. And so, you know, we talked about the technology that we have, we talked about some VR headsets that we're getting in, and we just tried to introduce them to some things that maybe they hadn't heard about, Skype a scientist, for instance. But we wanted them to go out and just come up with the ideas. And then we'll figure out if there's the technology there or the ways that we can help them to reach those goals. Yeah, that's that's really powerful. And when you can have that approach, then amazing things can happen that we can't even foresee, which which I just love. What were some of the the challenges that you faced going through this of were teachers forced to do this? Was this opt-in? What was what were some of the challenges that you faced? Um, what's really cool is, you know, as you ask me that question, and I think about challenges that we faced, I honestly cannot think of one that we've had so far. You know, for this semester, it was about figuring out what they were going to do, having the plan in place, so that when we come back second semester, they can do what it is they're going to do with their kids. Now, our earth science teacher, he's already done a Google Hangout with the geology professor, the professors at the University of Alabama. I got to go in there when they were when they were video chatting, and it was it was just so cool. And our teacher, he geeked out. He was just so he thought it was the coolest thing ever too, you know, to find a geology professor who would talk to his kids, and they had spent some time brainstorming questions they wanted to ask and you know, every question that they would ask, you know, he would say, well, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. And, you know, so I don't know that much about earth science, but to see that he was impressed with the questions that our kids had come up with, that was really exciting too. So in terms of who has to do this, is it optional? We have three school goals that we create at the beginning of the year, and the teachers choose at least one of these goals for their professional learning plan. And so based on whichever goals that they choose, that would direct them towards the professional learning for the school year. And so these are about 40 teachers out of our 220 who have chosen 
this particular goal as one of their goals on their professional learning plan. Now, I've had um, conversations, though, with, I guess, probably about 10 to 20 teachers, maybe, who wanted a technology goal, but it wasn't necessarily taking the learning outside the classroom walls, if you will. They maybe wanted to learn how to use Kahoot or Flipgrid or a technology tool within their classroom. Whereas this was like a totally different way of, of thinking about it. So um, it, it, it was opt-in um, and we haven't had any challenges yet. That's not to say that, you know, they're not going to come second semester. Well, you know, it's funny. I asked that question because the challenges that we face when we relinquish power and control into the hands of those who are doing the work, the challenges are really quite small because once they have ownership of it, they want to solve their own problems. They don't want to come to us to figure out like what we need to do. They, they say, you know what, if I want to communicate with a geology professor, then gosh darn it, I'm going to figure out how to do it. And, mm-hmm. and that's where it's so powerful. And, you know, especially extending that down to kids, when they're able to do that, they don't see obstacles. They see opportunities and and it's really exciting to see that with kids and and adults both. So are the teachers that are working on the other goals, are they doing an open-ended guide on the side type of professional development as well? Or is it different? Or would it be better to not even ask that question? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it is a little bit different. And um, so two of our other assistant principals um, are leading those professional development strands. And so they're doing it in their own way. And um, it's not as open-ended like this one has been, but they're doing a great job with their sessions as well. Yeah, that's great. It's exciting to to also have different personalities and skill sets in the administrative team so that people can play to their strengths. And this was obviously one of your strengths and you had the capacity to to relinquish that control, which I think is really important also. So uh, the last question that I ask in each interview is, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you? What's one thing somebody could do this week? Gosh, just one, Jethro? <laughs> Only one. You got to choose. Only one. You know, I always say this is get into classrooms. Get into classrooms. See your kids. See your teachers. Know what's going on in your building. You know, it's something really simple, but it's not always easy. We have, like I said, about 220 teachers. And so sometimes it can be difficult to get out there and visit classrooms. If that's something that's important to you, you'll make time for it. Um, and I just think it's, it's key to put your hand on the pulse of what's happening in your building. Yeah, I think that is absolutely correct. Jennifer, how do people connect with you, follow you, and learn from you? Um, they can connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at Jennifer underscore Hogan. And I blog at thecompellededucator.com. Okay, great. Thank you so much for being part of Transformative Principle. This was a wonderful conversation, and I so appreciate your time tonight. Thank you so much, Jethro. This was a blast. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. 
That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.